But first, the story. Once upon a time, there were these young Brahmins who came to the Buddha and basically said, hey, how do we um, get to the abode of Brahma? How do we become one with Brahma? Because they were Brahmins. This is what their question was. You know, how, do, how do we do that? Because that's the, the vision, the aspiration of uh, at least some Brahminical schools around there is, is to have this practice that it's all about oneness with Brahma. And what I so love about the Buddha is he just goes right along and uses their language. Well, if you want to become one with Brahma, then you should practice these Brahma Viharas because this is where Brahma resides. Right? He, he doesn't try to change their language or even their view. It's just like, okay, yeah, well, this is, this is how it would happen. And then it's through that he, uh, and this is it's the Tvija Sutta, that he shares with them about the, these four Brahma Viharas. And towards the end of, of that, these would be the practices that lead you to oneness with Brahma. And towards the end of that, he, he says, yeah, it will be this experience of cetto, cetto vimuti. Cetto can be translated as heart or mind. Uh, as, just as we were, uh, as Akinshina was sharing, like citta, citta nupasana is the mindfulness of mind. So cetto is mind or heart. And then vimuti is freedom. So it's like when you practice the Brahma Viharas, when you're filled with one of these, this is a taste of freedom. This is a taste of what it feels like for the heart to be released, for it to be free. And I find that striking that, oh, it's through the Brahma Viharas we could get a real taste of the kind of freedom that the Buddha is talking about for this path and this practice. And I, I want to. Uh, point out something about this flavor, you could say, of freedom that we can taste through the Brahma Viharas. And this might sound like bad news, so I want to acknowledge that. But now you're on retreat, so you're a little bit trapped in terms of this. But sometimes your mind might be like mine, where there's, uh, we're either outwardly or secretly envisioning a kind of freedom where maybe if we practice enough, we're going to have more pleasant experiences in our life and less unpleasant experiences. Wouldn't that be cool? I'd be so down for that. (laughs) But the bad news is, this is a different kind of freedom than that. Because the Buddha obviously thinks that that probably isn't so possible. Of course, we can manage our lives so it's a little bit more pleasant, but it can be endless too. And that this is a different freedom. Maybe what the Buddha was trying to point to here is that really freedom's about a heart that's tender, that's responsive. So awakening is not about some groovy, dramatic experience. Really, it's a, it's a heart that's ready for anything. And this is sometimes 
what I like to imagine about this path when I envision it for myself at times. That maybe this is what awakening and freedom is really about is here I am, I'm, I'm thrown into this world and, and it calls upon me for my love. And then through this practice, I can finally heed that call to love in some way, in a skillful way. Maybe this is what it's all about. I think this is one way of understanding or getting a feeling sense of the Brahma Viharas is I get to taste this freedom and then hopefully begin to embody it more and more. It also, I think, uh, uh, gives a different quality for the particular quality that we're going to be exploring this afternoon. It's going to be around loving kindness, this, this first Brahma Vihara, which at least in, in early Buddhism is seen as the foundation is all the other Brahma Viharas. That changes a bit later on in Buddhism, where, for example, in, in Tibetan Buddhism, the basis or foundation is compassion, and then other things grow out of that. I think both kind of iterations have uh, benefits to them. But to start with this heart that has, uh, at least one teacher puts it, uh, being able to see the goodness in others or ourselves and to wish others well or to wish ourselves well. well. So our heart to be moved, to have warmth towards other beings and ourselves. And I think the the one tricky place for many of us, not all of us, I, I don't want to assume that, is especially around ourselves. You know, how to love ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, and to allow love in, because it can be so difficult. And some of you maybe have noticed that. Is it, have you noticed that sometimes it's easier to offer kindness or warmth, or, and I'm equating that with this word love, to others, but then when it's time to do that with yourself, there can be glitches. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. Right. And so I'd like to frame this afternoon with a, a poem that I think also offers an interesting aspiration around um, this practice of loving kindness and especially our relationship with ourselves. And it's a, a poem by the poet Raymond Carver. And it was, it's called Late Fragment. And it's the last poem in his last published work right before he died of cancer. So there's something striking, also that context of this short poem. If you, if you take in kind of where this poem is placed in his huge work of poetry that he had throughout his life. And when I hear this poem, just to frame it in a a particular way, to me, it it sounds like he's speaking to himself. He's asking himself these questions, and then he's answering himself. So you're going to hear these questions, and then he's going to give himself the answer. He's talking to himself in this way. So he asks himself, and did you get what you wanted from this life even so? And he answers, I did. And then he asks the second question, 
And what did you want? And then he answers himself, to call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. Wouldn't that be a powerful way to die? Could you be able to say that? Oh, like, I feel that I'm loved and that I love myself. And with that, the sense of, I got what I wanted. So this is so important when you think about this. You know, what's your relationship to yourself? I mean, when you think about it, who do you spend a lot of time with? I spend a lot of time with myself. (laughs) A lot. There's probably no other person that you spend as much time with as yourself. That means that that relationship is foundational, it's fundamental, it's key. And it's going to inform how I am in the world. It's going to inform if my, if my heart is available for this kind of freedom that's embedded in the Brahma Viharas, embedded on this path. And it's also important in uh, mindfulness. One of the things that Akinchino mentioned last night, which I so appreciated, is that, do you remember he was talking about in research, you know, they're, they're always trying to parse apart of mindfulness one thing. And what happens is then it sequesters it from all these other qualities that are so important for mindfulness to thrive. That it's a a quality of heart that's interrelated to other qualities of heart or other qualities of mind. And one of these would be the Brahma-viharas, this quality of kindness. Because it can be narrowed to kind of attentional skills, mindfulness being that way. But what I've noticed about cultivating mindfulness is that, uh, and this has happened later on in my practice, is that it's actually about allowing my heart to soften. And when my heart's softer, I'm more present. As one practitioner told me, she was like, oh, I don't need to remember to be present. I just need to remember to be kind. Oh, and, and then there's mindfulness, it, like it appears. Have you ever noticed this? It's like the heart softens. And there you are, there you are you're, you're here, right now, with this. So when we're practicing the Brahma Viharas at this time, not to see it as something separate, like this is another quality we want to bring into the heart as we move forward. So important. And this has been so key, key for me, probably the first decade or so of my practice, I think this was the thing that I was missing. I was so super diligent in my practice, but there was still a kind of a brittleness or a harshness in the, in the heart where I'd be noticing things, but it wasn't like I could take them in so that there's a transformation that could happen. It's a really important. So I think what John Carver was really pointing to here, Raymond Carver, I'm sorry, was uh, this quality of kindness, sometimes 
also translated as friendliness. Okay, so for the practice, uh, we're going to start with this uh, practice of receiving kindness, because I think it can be really so interesting to play with this in an imaginative way. Again, it's kind of like these different dimensions, these different ways of softening the heart through loving kindness. Because my ability to offer is so intertwined with my ability to receive. And the way we're going to be doing this is, is I'm going to be, in just in a few minutes, I'm going to be inviting you to imagine beings that, that you've had the experience of being kind to you. It doesn't have to only be human beings. Maybe you have a pet cat or a pet dog. You know how pet dogs are. They like, they love you no matter what, right? <laughs> it can be all kinds of beings. But you've had this experience of that being being kind to you. It could be your second grade teacher, and there was just that one day they were kind to you. Right? And so you bring them in. Sure, the next week they were giving you a hard time because you didn't turn in your homework. <laughs> but there it is. There's that, that moment that you can land. So it's important. So we don't want super complicated people. But there might be people where you can really land of like, oh, I can take in that they really were kind to me this time. Or that stranger who showed you the way in the busy city. I know it's different now with Google. But sometimes maybe those of you older, I I still remember that in Boston. (laughs) Getting lost so many years ago and somebody showed me the way during those confusing streets and those aggressive drivers. I'm not from Boston, so it's a little different for me. (laughs) Who are those beings? And then I'm going to have you and invite you to imagine them around you and then to take it from there just to get a feeling sense of what it is to receive. And remember, like, this is a practice. So sometimes we feel it and sometimes we don't. And that's, that's the practice. It's like when you shoot basketball. If you shoot basketball like me, it means you sh- make a lot of shots and you don't make it. And that's the process. So it takes this kind of patience just with the process around this. Okay, so what I invite you to do, if you need to move your body just um, a little bit or just to stand just for a moment, and then we'll uh, come into a a seated posture. So do feel free to move the body just a little bit here for a minute, just to kind of move around and come into the space a little bit differently. So let's begin to find a posture that we can come into. And then what I invite you to do is to begin to allow your attention to come inward. And simply feeling the body in whatever posture it's in.
and allowing for a quality of relaxation in the body. Allowing the body to relax, to settle. Maybe allowing the shoulders to drop and the hands to relax. The jaw to loosen. Now invite you to check in with your heart center, so right there where your sternum is, and if you want, you can even put a hand there just to to sense into that part of your experience, however it is. It's like feeling there, maybe you just feel the the breath there. Or maybe you have a sense of the kind of the emotional or quality of the heart center right now. Maybe it feels open or tender. It might feel calm or shaky. Or it might feel settled or guarded. However it is, just to meet it, just to feel that as a way of beginning. Now invite you to begin to imagine, so to move into this next phase phase of this guided meditation, to imagine that you're either surrounded by beings who have been kind to you or love you, or they're behind you. Whatever feels more appropriate, and to kind of Populate it so to bring to mind the particular beings who have been kind to you at some point in your life. And each one that comes up to linger with them, to see them smiling at you or to have kindly eyes as they look at you. For some, the image might not be strong, but you can get the feeling sense of them.
And it's fine to bring in what I would call archetypal beings. Maybe for some of you it's Deepama or Kuan Yin or the Buddha. It could be Mother Mary or St. Teresa. Whoever gives you this feeling I now invite you to either see them or to feel them smiling at you. Sending you kindness as they surround you or they're behind you. And maybe you hear them They're maybe saying something like, may you be happy, may you be healthy. That they're whispering or speaking to you words of kindness. And to hear that. seeing them and hearing them. And that you feel right now that you're feeling them radiating towards you these vibrations of kindness, that they're showering you with kindness that's flowing through and that you can feel in your body. Allow yourself to feel this kindness. Feeling it in the body. So it's like throughout the body, like a pleasant vibration. Feeling this energy of kindness that they're showering you with.
And if you lose contact with it, that's fine. Just returning, seeing them, each and every one of them smiling at you. Hearing them whispering or saying phrases of kindness towards you. Surrounding you with it. And that they're radiating towards you these vibrations of kindness that you feel in the body. Moving the body with these pleasant vibrations of kindness that they're showering you with. And it's trusting that feeling as you also allow in any resonances just in our group here. What you feel and hear, that you allow that in as well. Set aside these notions of deserving and not deserving. It's more simple and immediate. Giving yourself completely over to receiving this feeling of kindness. It's filling your body, savoring it. disappearing into that feeling where just kindness is left.
you might want to play with surrendering to this kindness, connecting it maybe for some of you with the breath. On the in-breath receiving this love that's being radiated towards you. Breathing it in into the entirety of your being. And on the out-breath, savoring, making much of that feeling. Breathing in, receiving. Breathing out, savoring, lingering with. And again, if you start to lose contact, simply begin again. Being surrounded by these beings, seeing them smile at you, whisper or speak phrases of kindness to you, and feel them radiating this kindness towards you and feeling it as it moves the body. At this point, I invite you to add one more small thing, just to play with this. 
as you feel all these beings radiating kindness towards you and continue to do so to maybe just pick a, an easy being for you to have kindness towards and to see what it's like from that space to offer kindness to another being. Continuing to receive kindness, but imagining now offering it as well through you, through your body, towards another being. That sense of warmth and friendliness. Now at this point, what I invite you to do as a way of gently closing this is just to now allow these imagined beings, this meditation, like them dissolving now and coming back into your heart and settling back into the simple feeling of the body or the body and the breath as this whole practice dissolves and is collected into the heart.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.